Hey now, everybody, welcome to a Pucknologist takeover of After Dark. What is going on after a Sharks 5-3 win? Should have been a 4-3, but a 5-3 win nonetheless. Ah, you love to see it, as they say. So, I am AJ underscore strong on the social media tonight with me, Rocket Backhander. I'm almost 43 years old, Rocket Backhander. How you doing, everybody? And one hockey jerk. I'm nowhere near 43 years old. How y'all doing? Hey, now. Hey, <laughs> no. I'm just saying. Folks, so, do, folks, do not adjust your sets. This is a Pucknologist <laughs> takeover. Mm-hmm. Hey, now. So, uh, we, we told we told Puck Guy to take the night off. <laughs> do us a favor. Follow us on the social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, all those fun spots. And remember, if you ever miss a show, you can catch it on your favorite podcast platform, and everything can always be found at tealtownusa.com. There is no reach-around sponsorship tonight, just letting you know, since this is a Pucknologist. But uh, again, if you ever would like to help support the show, please use us Venmo at tealtownusa. But the Super Chat option, of course, always available to you. So let's get into... Tonight's victory, the Sharks pick up a 5-3 win. And, oh, wait a minute, hold on. I promised some people some things. Look, if you follow us on Twitter, we appreciate it. But we did say that there was a rumor that we might have a reveal of Hockey Jerk and he was going to turn on his camera. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you, let's let's go to, to Jerk Live with the camera there he is. All right. Thank you, everybody. We finally have a shot. Wow. All right. With SAP. I'm once again sir. asking for a power play goal. Yes. I, 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 don't, I don't like the way that you're putting me on blast like this. I'm just saying. With SAP Center <laughs> in the background, no less. I like I'm just it. saying. Um, you know, we're a long way from Vermont. That's all I'll say. Right. So the Sharks pick up a 5-3 victory. They are now 3-3 three and three on the season, picking up their first win in regulation, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Gregor would slot back in. Nason slots out. Jones back between the pipes. And head coach Bob Bugner kind of sending a message to Timo Meyer by flipping him down and bringing Donato up. Uh, now, is this... First off, is this a case of, like, Timo, get your crap together because you, like, haven't had a point in three games? Or is this also a case of Donato being rewarded for playing well in game one? As Jerk likes to say, two things can be true. Am I wrong? Yeah, uh, you're absolutely correct. Two things can be true. Uh, Ryan Donato, I think, has been the Sharks' best forward uh, this year so far. Granted, we are six games in, but... You can still say things like that, and uh, he had a goal tonight. Uh, a little bit of good fortune from the Minnesota Wild defender, but uh, they don't ask how; they ask how many, uh, as the saying goes. Um, and yeah, Timo Meyer, uh, Chiefs been struggling, which I think at this point shouldn't come as a surprise. I mean, he starts he started slow every season he's been on the Sharks. Really, not that big of a surprise at this point, but he's a guy that you need to get going. You know, if, if he's going to be the future of this team in the uh, in the goal scoring department, he's somebody that you you need to be able to rile, rely on at the very least once every three games. I don't think that's too much to ask. <laughs> oh. uh, another interesting twist tonight. Vlasic paired with Burns while Ferraro gets thrown with EK65. 
And we have our first period where Parise would score on the first shot of the game coming at 421. And now usually I will not mention the time of a goal, but I do, of course, because it is the second straight time that the Sharks give up a goal in the first five minutes of the game. If you watched the Sharks at all last season, that sounds very familiar to you. <laughs> on that goal, Ferraro kind of pinched up. EK65 misplays a two-on-one and ends up going a minus nine at that point. Donato off a nice deflection in the final minute after EK65 redeems himself by putting it low to Kevin LeBanc. EK65 back to a minus eight. The Sharks outshoot the Wild 12 to three in the first, and it's a 1-1 game. Rocket, at this point, you have to be going, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, it's, this team is so, I like, I, I expect them to implode every time they go out there. So when they do this, I'm like, all right, it's just a small hole you've dug for yourself this time. It's not a five-goal deficit that we have to crawl out of. Cool. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned Timo earlier, of course, Bugner on Timo saying, love the way he responded, wanted him to get his five-on-five -five game going and get his physicality going. Uh, that seemed to work well tonight. It was, it was uh, what am I saying, Gregor and Gambrell. Uh, Gregor and Gambrell, probably not going to bring the most physicality to a game. So, yes, Meyer, thank you. Uh, in the second, <laughs> we get Kane on the power play from the aforementioned Meyer and Donato. A couple minutes later, Bugstad would score, but boom, overturned for goalie interference. Uh, then Gregor would make it 3-1 with an absolute seeing-eye shot, saying, how you like me now, since he's slotted <laughs> back in, pushing Nason further down the depth chart. <laughs> and through this point, jerk. I mean, Gambrell, 85% in the circle through this halfway point of the game. You, uh, y you love to see it. You do love to see it, especially – uh, in the in the the game against Arizona and the games against the Blues as well, the Sharks got absolutely murdered on the faceoffs. Uh, even Tomas Hurdle, who is I would say by quote unquote average NHL standards, is pretty good at the faceoff. Even he was getting was getting killed on it. So to bring in somebody, you know, Gambrell obviously has only been has only played half of the season up to this point. So you're bringing in a guy late and he helps you solve one of your biggest problems at that point in time. I mean, that's certainly something that I think will keep you around uh, in the lineup, but also just as a whole, you know, I, I, I feel, I always joke around, you know, where it's like, I think I'm Gambrell's like last remaining fan. And I, you know, I've said like, if he, if you just, if he gets that confidence like he's gonna play so well, and would you guys agree with me that he's looked as confident as he should be this point? I mean, he's he's not doing anything on the score sheet, but he's not doing anything to get himself out of the lineup either. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just I don't feel that you. I think you're right, and I I don't think that you have to be, you know, that you do have to show up on the score sheet every single night in order to make a difference, or like be a presence or be influential you know it's like a lot of times if you don't end up on the score sheet but we still talk about you it's probably because you're getting into a fight getting ejected from a game or you know something stupid so i know yeah and and, and winning face-offs is a huge part of that i mean you win the drawback to burns and then you go for a change and burns fires it to whoever and whoever scores on the breakaway you i mean you know that could easily happen well and i think that's going to keep gambrell around for a little bit because gregor was not having a good time in the circle so far six games into this season you know what i mean so so aj what you're saying is that 
<laughs> what you're saying is that somebody who's not a center isn't very good at center. Two things can be true, yes. <laughs> what had happened was... What had happened was... <laughs> is dude was not coming up with the puck. That is what had happened. Uh, EK65 <laughs> gets a holding the stick call. Mm, Bugstad would tip in a nice shot. Four on four. Sharks get out shot 15 to 12. After two periods, eh, you still get a feel okay about this game. The third starts, boom, Fiala gets one on the power play, comes off the faceoff, which, again, as we just said, has been a problem this season for some guys. Uh, is that one that Jones has to have? That is That was pretty wide open, Rock. It was, but at the same time, where were the defense? Who? <laughs> I was going to say, the Sharks don't Who? have a defenseman. <laughs> That's right. They've just got two-way forwards that skate in the defensive pair position. That's right. Yeah. Well, and speaking of which, Bugner says, I think you... I, What? Think you can see our game, game growing, growing in areas? I don't know. <laughs> PK came up big later in the game. Uh, so, anyway... Um, Hurdle, unfortunately, would take a shot off the inside left knee. Hopefully, you know, he ended up coming back. Hopefully nothing bad comes from that. It's not something that we're going to see happen later. Uh, everyone goes nuts and Greenway and Burns go off for roughing. Then what had happened was <laughs> Burns, <laughs> Burns just absolutely plows through the wild with 148 left, talking miss me with those sticks. And Long Beach native... Matt Nieto would seal it with an empty netter that was offside, but for some reason the officials gave it to him anyway. I don't get that. I don't understand how they ended up getting that goal, but you know it was, it was what it was. I suppose. <laughs> I I interpreted it to be that uh, that back leg was still on the plane when the puck crossed over, so that's how they saw it and that's how they called it. So good on them. <sighs> I, know, I every... think honestly, the the rule change, regardless of whether or not it goes our way or it doesn't, it's going to save a lot of time off those stupid calls. Ugh. Well, uh, Bugner talking about Burns on that. It was amazing. We took on some water. Guys like that are elite players, and they find ways to win. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so let's see. look the the Sharks at this point. 500 hockey you would hope to be better they talked about getting off to a, a good start taking six games for you to get your first regulation win is a little tough but hopefully this is a sign of things to come they get out of minnesota and who do they get oh the colorado avalanche well that should be just fine <laughs> it's okay after those two games they're gonna go on to play huh vegas <laughs> <laughs> well uh, in yeah but Vegas got their asses handed to him by Arizona, didn't they? Yeah, yesterday. Did. And then mm -hmm. did did LA not beat Colorado earlier today? So. Uh, no, LA is playing St. Louis. Who? Okay. Um, oh, Anaheim. Yeah. Anna, who, Anaheim. And did yes, Anaheim? Anaheim yeah, Anaheim beat the Colorado Avalanche. So. Colorado Avalanche, <laughs> three to one. Okay, then. So, see. He's talking like Puck Guy there. <laughs> if, uh, look, if it's Anaheim can beat Colorado, come on, San Jose, you got this. So let's get to the week that was, dial it back to how it all started, uh, beginning in St. Louis, a 5-4 loss, 
Hanamark would get his first NHL start with San Jose, slotting in for Nason. Dubnik would get his first start as a Shark, stopping 28 of 33 with an 848 save percentage. For those of you unaware, not good. Uh, the storyline on this one is up 2-0 after the first. The Sharks give up four in the second. Finish it down 4-3. Couture would tie it, but a bad clear attempt by Handemark and a bad change would give the Blues the go-ahead marker. EK65 was horrific in this game. Got piloned by Kairou on Shen's goal. He was caught standing. He was caught gliding and avoiding contact on Shen's goal. Caught standing still on Falk's goal. And I'm sorry, there is no excuse to be caught watching when you're a two-time Norris winning highest paid defenseman in the NHL. But that's just me. Let's talk about what an NHL scout said to our buddy Shang Peng. No pop. He looked average at best. Not assertive enough. Needs to take control of the game from the back end. Not engaged. Too casual. Uh, Jerk, you have been on the EK65 bus for quite some time. A couple times even deciding to take the keys. Uh, how are you feeling now? Are you kind of like looking for the exits? Well, uh, I said going back to last season, um, I said that I would not turn heel on Eric Carlson until there had been multiple seasons of the same kind of sus play and under the current contract. The first year does not count. And... We're starting to trend that way a little bit. Now, I will say um, I have not gotten off the bus yet. I am in the right lane. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, it's something that I've thought about, especially as you said, AJ, that first um, that first game uh, against the St. Louis Blues. You know, there were multiple times where he was just, um, you know, standing around. You know, honestly, I mean – if anything, I, I think Eric Carlson owes somebody $10 for the public skate sticker he picked up that night. Um, <laughs> but, you know what? As, oh, as we'll, as fuck! We'll, <laughs> that is not good! You know, as, as, we'll, as we go along within this past week, though, I think, you know, what has made me not get off the Eric Carlson bus is um, that second game against the Blues, and then obviously... Um, the game against the Minnesota Wild uh, this past Friday night, I thought Eric Carlson looked good. Uh, same thing we were talking about earlier, Rocket, where not on the scoreboard, but not bad either. You know, yeah. he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, tonight he wasn't too uh, egregious. So, I mean, good for him. <laughs> and we have comment from Ryan Donato on Brent Burns' goal tonight. that said, yeah, that was disgusting, for lack of a better term. <laughs> <laughs> So notes on this one, Couture and Burns both have three-point nights, while EK65 is the only Shark to post a minus three. Handemark had an awful debut. Uh, Shellman, replaced by Nason, replaced by Handemark. I speculated, would Gambrell be up next? Lo and behold, he ended up doing so. Uh, but we should also note that Couture has 18 goals in 13 games in St. Louis. Jesus! That kid likes the Midwest. What can I tell you? Uh, remaining in St. Louis, the Sharks face their second one. It's a two to one victory, a shootout winner. Jones returns, stopping 22 of 23 for a 957. Much better. Of course, the Sharks played better defensively. 
EK65's best game so far easily, but through ga three games, that bar was set rather low. <laughs> Gregor and Handmark sit this one out as Nason slots back in, and like I said, Gambrell would make his debut. In the postgame, Bugner would call out the play of the third and fourth lines being the difference, which we hadn't seen up until this game. Uh, Rocket, what can you say about this bottom six? Because we've seen some pieces move in and out, uh, but there's been guys that have kind of making some contributions over the last three games. Yeah, you know, I don't think that they're necessarily a huge drop-off from the first and second lines. I'll just say that they're green. They're real green, but because they're young, they got a lot of speed and a lot of enthusiasm. And I think that the speed and the enthusiasm they have with their natural skill and ability will eventually overtake their lack of experience. And, you know, I think they're, they're going to end up being a nice nice package deal. Even even the rotating taxi squad, I think they're they're all part of it. They're going to get good. It may be game 50 by the time they get good, but it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, let's hit the chat real quick here. I will be the last one left on the EK65 train, so help me God. <laughs> Turn the lights off when you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm still on there, too. Oh, man. Solid one, Dana. Uh, let's see here. Our buddy Kevin Lacey. Jay Fresh said it best. Carlson looks like he's focused trying to be the only player capable of breaking the puck out instead of being a guy trying to be an actual defenseman. You're here. Well, EK65, I think in his contract, it's actually, it's actually stipulated. Defense is optional. Um, on the flip side of this one, Kane is having penalty problems in second games, although he did turn it around tonight in his second game. But you look at how the season started. No Pims versus Arizona in game one. Picks up three penalties in game two. None versus uh, St. Louis in their game one, but picks up four penalties in the second game. And they're lazy penalties. You know, you're not moving your feet. Brett Hedekin said as much. They're slashing, they're tripping. So uh, nice to see Kane figure that out, at least for the short term, in tonight's second game versus Minnesota. And hey, speaking of Minnesota, let's move on there. Game one, a 4-1 loss. The Sharks go with the same group that went in the last game versus St. Louis. Dubnik would let in a real soft one at the five-minute mark, reminding me of a pre-COVID Sharks hockey last season. Uh, the Long Beach native would tie it up just over a minute later. EK65 way more focused on passing first now, taking over for Jumbo. We don't know. But the power play does not stand for passing practice, okay? The Sharks crack 50% in the dot for only the second time this season, winning 58% in the circle. Hurdle, dude. 19 of 25 in the dot, including 6 for 6 in the O zone, 8 for 10 in the D zone. Yay, but the story on this one, special teams, they go 0 for 3 on the power play, ended up being 0 for 10 over those two games after going 0 for 7 in the second one versus St. Louis. Two straight games now, no goals from the top six. So you were a little worried coming into tonight's game. Uh, but seemed like tonight, as we return, Jerk felt like a rather well-rounded grouping tonight. You saw like a little bit of everybody. Yeah, I, I think the Sharks, I think they were... I don't know. They just the way they started the first game against Minnesota. I kind of feel like there were some spots where they could say, "Hey, we probably should have won this game." So I think coming into the game tonight, if you're listening live, it was tonight. 
where it was like, you know, they, they kind of know what they needed to clean up. And I think they did that. You know, I thought aside from the fact that it was one-to-one going into the first intermission, you know, I thought that it seemed like as the games have gone on since that first, you know, that first brutal game against the blues, I kind of feel like everything has started to get better a little bit more. You know, the passes seemed crisper. Um, There seems to be more urgency in general, which is like the big thing that I harp on too, especially you mentioned the face-offs like, (laughs) <laughs> the faceoffs have been, you know, if you want to know how close I am to looking like Bernie Sanders, just ask me about the faceoffs because they're killing me and they're giving me gray hair because, you know, the Sharks couldn't win a faceoff. So it's like, okay, get your defensemen or get your wingers to tie up in the circle and try and get a loose puck. So the Sharks start doing that, except they go into the circle very lackadaisically, which is you know, we saw the product of that uh, on Fiala's empty net goal in the first game against the Wild when Meyer and Carlson both got just blown right by. So it's still an adjustment, even though we are 10% of the way through the season, but I think things have gotten better as we've progressed. So I look at Colorado and I see, yeah, they're a wagon and this is going to be tough, but who knows? Maybe not. Uh, Berg 7191 uh, doing an impressive, Impressive hockey jerk impression. In case anyone was counting, we are currently 2,261 days until April 2027 when EK65's contract runs out. <laughs> more, more importantly, will we still be waiting for the 21-22 season to start due to lockdown protocols? Oh my God. We got their numbers. Uh, so through <laughs> the first three games, the Sharks power play on fire, 45%. Five for 11. The PK, pretty damn good. 80%. Eight for 10. Oddly, one and two record over that time. The next three games, the power play plummets to one for 13. 8%. The PK goes up 10 for 11 for 91%. And they go two and one over that. Interesting to say the least. Over six games, overall big picture. Six for 24 for 25% on the power play in 19 over 22 for 90% on the penalty kill. Right now, their standings, 13th in the league on the power play, 6th on the PK, and that's got to be pretty impressive for what was the number one PK last season after losing Goodrow and Melker and bringing in Rockets' favorite Long Beach native. Can can I ask you a question, AJ? Absolutely. Who is my second favorite Long Beach native? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is a solid question. And yeah. it's one that I do not have the answer to. <laughs> okay. uh, let's talk about the goalies for a second. Now, unfortunately, I don't. I haven't gotten the numbers from tonight in front of me. But uh, leading into this one, Jones, a 308 goals against. That's not good, people. What's worse, 893 save percentage. Dubnik, on the other hand, hold my beer, 3 0.23 goals against 887. Now, we have to call this out. That second game versus Arizona skews these numbers substantially both ways. Uh, as Jerk likes to say, Jones got absolutely rinsed in that Arizona game, getting pulled after, I believe, playing about, mm, I want to say, 48 minutes-ish. And then Dubnik comes in and posts a 1,000 <laughs> so it's going to skew those numbers both ways, but if you take that out of the equation, and, you know, you can't, that game did count, but I do feel like Rocket Jones 
has looked more comfortable this season so far than last. Uh, there have been moments. There there was, uh, I can't remember what, who was the first game where he got pulled. And I was like, ooh, yeah, we're Arizona. going. Yep. Yeah, I was like, uh, great, here we go. Today, he, he definitely seemed like he wasn't... Um, I don't know, man. He he was in a good headspace, I think, and it showed. And his reflexes were fast, and he was definitely focused on the task at hand. He got through it. If this is the Jones that we see more of throughout the season, I'm not disappointed in it. But I also think, you know, again, it has a huge to do with how confident he is in the blue line that is in front of him. I think, like, if, if he just doesn't think that they're going to get it done, I don't understand why he would even try to hurt himself trying to stop a you know, a puck that he knows he can't stop. So, You're right. yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you think if you if you believe in the blue line in front of you and you believe that these guys are really going to try to catch whatever they can, I think it will just be an internal morale booster for him. And I hope he gets more support from these guys throughout the season. Yeah, you know? certainly would be nice. Uh, Jumbo Polini in the chat calling it out. Jones tonight, eight ninety seven, twenty six saves on twenty nine shots. Still uh, not good. Yeah. Got to bump that up, man. Well, Got to be over 900. He, well, and I was going to say, there's something also you're talking about skewing stats. Keep in mind as well, as much as save percentage and goals against, those are obviously important. But it's also just as important to look at how many shots a goalie takes. Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you right now. So Mike Smith, Edmonton Oiler, uh, when he was on Arizona, he would let in like five goals a game but he would also make 40 saves a game because Arizona led a bunch of shots on him. So his save percentage was stellar, but his goals against sucked, you know? So you always have to, you know, it's like, I see the 897 and I think, ugh, that's not very good. But then you say, it seems to me, I mean, for three and to be three and three at this point, it seems like the, the goaltender, specifically Martin Jones are at the very least stopping you know, mm-hmm. a solid amount, even though it's less than 90%, it still seems to me like they're doing enough to hang in there. I agree. It does need to be better, but I don't think it's totally awful either. Yeah. You know, no, you're right. Yeah. And good Lord. Uh, Fangio, you are now my new best friend. <laughs> Fangio throwing, yeah. throwing the gauntlet down. Uh, and 50 for those wondering, donation. thank you. Those are, those are uh, Swedish, Swedish Kronas. And <laughs> just want to say, fifty just, of those. Is you're saving up to go visit Jumbo, solid. aren't you? Very solid. So cozy being um, a jerk. Is this the first time that we've had a donation that's not U.S. dollars? I believe so. I don't oh know what gosh. that. I don't know what that ends up to be, but I, I, either way, I appreciate it. Gauntlet has it been is thrown. Six that's bucks. awesome. Six bucks. Six bucks. Okay. Yep. All right. That's awesome. All right. We're who? international. All right. I'm waiting on the person who throws. Where's Jessica to throw down 500 million pesos? <laughs> Which 12, equates. Yeah. Yeah. Like $12. 300 million Zimbabwe dollars. <laughs> Which, for those who don't know, that's like nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we move on for scoring. Now, this is the one that kind of sticks with me. We can talk about the, the high danger chances allowed, and we can talk about Jones and Dubnik and those stats. But one thing that has been key throughout these six games is period scoring. And right now, the Sharks have been pretty solid. Two to one, the 
First period, they've scored eight goals over these six games, and they've allowed four. The second period, they've scored four and allowed ten. That's okay. Oh, fuck. That is not good. Exactly. When has San Jose ever been a second period team? Uh, about five years ago. <laughs> I was going to say, really? Never. Yeah, no. like, was five years ago. Uh, five years ago, they were road dogs. They couldn't lose on the road. That was the thing. But, but were... I never remember it being like, uh, first period was shaky, but San Jose is going to go out there and dominate the next 20 minutes. That's their brand. No, that it's funny you bring that up because there was a point where they were actually, they would almost always get off to a shaky start in the first, but the second specifically was their bread and butter. I don't know why that was, but when? I, I, oh God. I, well, you know what, AJ? Early. I too think fondly of 2011. Thank you. See, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was saying. about to say, it had to have been back then because it hasn't been 13, 14 or sooner yeah back when you just <laughs> you, i'm trying to think you just you you knew the sharks were going to come back you know niemi in the pipes and get the puck, get the puck to tory mitchell and <laughs> did you say niemi you shut your whore mouth sir <laughs> uh in the third period they've been outscored seven to five now again context two of those seven were empty netters and one for the sharks and it actually came tonight, was an empty netter. So if you take those out of the equation, they've been outscored 6-4 to four in the third. So not terribly bad, but ooh, turn that second around, guys. So let's go on to the trends. Who's hot? Who's not? I think we can all agree. Hot Tomash Hurdle. Uh, this kid is killing it, especially to open six points in his first three games, including a shootout winner, the only Shark over 50% in the dot coming into tonight. Uh, the line of Sorensen, Marlowe, and Nieto scored two straight games. The line of Gambrell with Gregor and Meyer suddenly coming on. We'll see how long that lasts. And then Donato and Gambrell, jerk, their stock has to be rising. Yeah, well, specifically Dylan Gambrell, I kind of talked about it earlier, but, you know, Chief has come into the lineup at the midway point of the season and doesn't appear uh, to be finding his way out of the lineup. You know, everybody, myself included, the three of us, you know, we all kind of, we were all kind of thinking, you know what, taxi squad, maybe, Ooh, I don't know. I think even the last podcast, I think I said that he might be a trade piece. Not anymore. <laughs> like, he, he's played very well. And again, like we talked about earlier, he's, uh, I believe he has an assist this season i would need to double check the numbers on that but so he's not really blowing you away on the score sheet but he's doing all the things right he's winning face-offs he's playing well defensively he's got good positioning with his stick scoreless in three games by the way but still <laughs> he's he's doing all of the right things that you need to do as a third line center and for ryan donato i mean ryan donato there was a little bit of buyer beware you know you pick him up and oh this guy left Boston. Now he's leaving Minnesota. He'd not get nice time. You know, there was a thousand different things that people were saying about him. You know, he got dropped off the second line during training camp. You're thinking, oh, no, Bodker 2.0. But I think he's been the hardest working forward, aside from Tomas Hurdle, he's probably been the hardest working forward this season. And, you know, he was busting his ass in the first game against Minnesota to get a goal. Didn't get it, and then as I mentioned earlier, you know, he got one tonight. A little bit of, fortu of a fortuitous bounce, but it still went in. And I think huge reward for him just because of how hard he worked to earn that goal, but also against his former team, kind of a, you know, 
hey, what do you think about this sort of move? Mm-hmm. Anybody standing out for you, Rock, so far over these six games that you're like, yes, this is what I wanted, this is what I'm expecting? No. 100% no. I'm still waiting to see the the little dust clear and see what the true identity of this team is. In any other season, this would be game two of regulation play. I'm giving them the first four as preseason games. Like, they haven't played with an opponent. Like, babies have been conceived and birthed in less time than it's been since they've they've seen a le- legitimate opponent. You can practice all you want with each other, but it's not the same thing as meeting another club. So as many asterisks are on this particular season, I can't be too heavy with them, you know? So as long as they continue to make market progress every outing, I cannot be too mad about it. All right. We move on to the who's not hot of the equation. Timo Meyer. <laughs> Aside from a three-point game and a loss to Arizona, no scoring. Ended up getting demoted tonight against Minnesota, but picked up a power play assist. Uh, nice message there, but again, like I mentioned earlier, Meyer getting demoted sends a message. Donato getting promoted sent a message. Two things can be true, Jerk. Just saying. Yes, I agree. Um, I think also if you're looking for... Another not, um, I would say the Sharks' third pair. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, Nikolai Kanijov has been there from the start. I like Kanijov. I think he's, you know, I think he's a very good defenseman. Um, like you, I know AJ mentioned earlier, um, I believe that was offline, but, you know, we haven't heard his name, which in his case is a good thing. Um, but also, think about it, he's played with uh, Malosh. He played with... Jacob Middleton, he's played Malosh, with... Malosh, sir, but go ahead. Malosh, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> Nick Malosh, he's played with Jacob Jake Middleton. Um, he's played with Christ the Redeemer, Shimmick. So in six games, he's had three different defense partners. Um, so you're thinking, oh, that third pair is looking a little critical. But Sus. I, I think even though I'm assigning it a not, um, I, 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 I can't give it a hot just yet. I'm giving it a not, but... I'm hoping that it's on the upswing considering Shimmick's been in the last couple games. He hasn't been swapped out at all. And why would he be? I mean, look at his contract. But <laughs> I'm hoping that the third pair, by the time we're doing this again next week, I'm hoping the third pair shakes the knot uh, sticker off, if you will. Yeah. Well, and talking about defense, Brent Burns credited with the game winner tonight against Minnesota. His 40th career game winner becomes the eighth defenseman in NHL history to score at least 40 career game winners. So, so, so I say to you, Burns for Vesna. Now, Evander Kane. Every other game has taken a minimum of three penalties, almost all slashing and tripping. Scores the go-ahead on the power play tonight. So we had him rated on the... Who's not, but now I think he might be switching, you know, I mean, I don't think his game has gone bankrupt, but he definitely had to uh, get on the scoring sheet, which he was able to do tonight. Uh, On the not hot, uh, EK65, two points, both coming in losses, and uh, is a team leading minus eight, went minus nine tonight, as we called out, but now, of course, with tonight, three points, still minus eight. Uh, look, 
EK65, career slow starter, I suppose. So let's talk about him after the 15th game mark. But, hmm. Uh, the top six went MIA for two games. Finally, Noah Gregor and Shelman. Hmm. Jerk, is Shelman the next Suomela here? What's going on? No. Um, the, here's the thing with Yoel Shelman is he's not somebody that you should be relying on for goals. He's going to come in. He's going to play on the fourth line. He's going to kill penalties. He's going to win faceoffs. He's going to block shots. That's what Yoel Shelman does. So I think to expect any kind of offensive output from him beyond five, six, seven goals, uh, I think is a bit of a pipe dream. And you make the comparison to Suomela. Suomela was the MVP of the Finnish Elite League uh, two years ago or three years ago. So a little bit more expectation there. You're thinking, okay, maybe he can be a third line guy with some power play time, maybe second line if somebody gets hurt. Um, I see where you're going with it, and I think you're making a fair point, but two kind of different players, so it's hard for me to make that comparison. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's you know, like Rocket said, you know what I mean? We've technically played six pr uh, regular season games, but four of them kind of had preseason energy. And so... <laughs> Not to be you know, confused with BDE, but go ahead. Right. So, you know, as we go along here, you know, maybe somebody... I mean, I don't know, maybe somebody like Marcus Sorensen takes a night off. Maybe somebody like Noah Gregor takes a night off, and Yoel Shellman is right back in there, you know? All right. Uh, Lacey's saying, Jerk was correct on his Malosh pronunciation. Uh, yeah. w this is something we'll have to discuss off air, sir. I'm just saying. I remember <laughs> seeing, a, like, a Sharks press release, and they actually phonetically said Malosh. But I don't want to get into a rabbit hole right now, okay? <laughs> or, and, and hear me out here. Nick. <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out, Nick. All right. So, anyway, let's uh that let's kind of wrap this up then. So, look, we're 6 games in, 3 and 3. Uh first win in regulation as we pointed out earlier tonight. So, there's that, but last time I looked, the Sharks were still in the basement of the standings. So the sharks, they're, they're, they're uh, I don't mean to interrupt you. They're on the stairs now of the basement. Oh, <laughs> they got one. They're, on, foot they're on... in seventh. They're in seventh. They're going up the stairs. That's uh, all right. Oh, who fell? Arizona. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You mean your yotes? Yeah, I'm taking a year off. <laughs> Aren't we all right? Uh, but Hey, look, you got two coming up against the abs two coming up against the Knights. Again, the Knights, that was supposed to be the first two games at SAP, so the, I don't know, parade of away games continues. The Sharks hoping to get back to SAP Center by the 12th uh, for games versus the Ducks. Uh, but I got to tell you, I don't even know that I would call that. I would say you're probably more hopeful for the last two at the end of February on the 26th and the 27th against the Blues. But we'll see. Anyway, let's uh, go around the NHL a little bit tonight. If we can, can we? We could. We were able to. Oh, it's beautiful. 
<laughs> so the NHL announced on the 19th that effective that evening, the NHL would be using pucks without the embedded tracking technology. Uh, decision made after concerns were raised about the puck's performance during the fir- first few days of this season. An NHL player to ESPN on the batch of pucks said they were terrible and they don't slide. Couture, on the other hand, was quoted as saying, I didn't notice a difference. So to each their own. Uh, That's what happens when you skate in San Jose. The ice is just shit so bad, like all the time. You know, you you can't tell if you're this. The puck could be square. Yeah, well, and 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 to be fair, Couture hasn't really held the puck a lot the last two games. So, (laughs) I need to go find a fire extinguisher. Excuse me. Goodbye. All right. Um, (laughs) NHL finds the Washington Capitals 100 Gs for violating COVID protocols. Four players forced to quarantine for a week, including Ovechkin. Guys, get it together. Just saying. Come on. Uh, NBC announced that it has told its distributors and some sports leagues that it is planning to shut down the NBCSN Sports Channel by the end of the year. What does this mean for Bay Area NBCSN channels? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> this is a national thing. This is channel, what is it on DirecTV? Like 220 or something like this? That's fun. Six, I- 698, 696. NBCSN Bay Area. Brody is not impacted by this decision, people. Yeah, it's it's channel 81 if you have Comcast in standard definition. I believe high definition is 723. Um, this for com- for my Comcast people out there. I, I I don't mean to make too much of this, but I think this is I think this works in the NHL's favor because you know you're getting most likely NHL games are going to end up on USA Network, which is a basic cable channel. Everybody has it, even if you. For some reason, still have rabbit ears. You have USA Network or Peacock, the streaming service, which is free, by the way. So it's a win. You're getting more eyes on the games, which is good because NBC Sports Network or NBCSN Channel 81, if you have Comcast, not everybody has that channel. I Mm -hmm. believe that's in the in the second or the third tier uh, cable package. So it's a it's a win for the NHL because you're getting more eyes on the prize here. Um, You know, whether it's USA Network, whether it's Peacock or whether it's both. Yep. Oh, let's hit and a few. We, we know the NHL is all about building the game. Right. Let's hit a few in the chat here from Burge 71 or 7F91. Jeez, come up with better handles, people. I can't read these. <laughs> Are they waiting for the positivity rate to get below a certain threshold in Santa Clara County? Uh, the way that I understand it is it all has to do with uh, the capacity of beds available. Once it hits 15%, uh, everything gets shut down. So I think you're. The, the Sharks, if if the bed capacity in, local, in county hospitals in Santa Clara isn't probably at around 25 minimum, I doubt that they give SAP the go-ahead to open, even without fans. But uh, we'll see. Smarter people than I are working on this. We, we just have to check every day when they do the announcements, when they let us know what the capacity is and, and go on from there. Uh, Chester Chivo, I thought I heard on Facebook the puck would have a chip in it, or was that the vaccine? <laughs> uh, they vaccinated the pucks. Yeah. Oh, wow, Chester knows. Chester, Chester knows the number one place to go for your news and information. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah, sure. Uh, Dana coming back in. Did you all see his wife's post, though? I heard about this, so what? either of you guys know what the hell Mrs. Ovechkin like lo- yeah. lost her mind about? 
so she's she the point that she's trying to make is <clears throat> that for one she said that Alex Ovechkin and Dmitry Orlov have coronavirus antibodies now whether or not that's true I mean that's good for them but the NHLPA I I saw somebody threw it in the chat a couple lines up I don't recall who the NHLPA agreed to the rules you you can't just mm. ignore the rules after you've already agreed to them and secondly you know I've seen a lot of and the point that she also made was you know oh they you know they congregate in the locker room on the bench goal hugs you know in the shower this that and the like in the locker room shower and that's a fair point too but here's the thing you are not going to stop the spread entirely but if you want to play an NHL season you have to limit the spread mm-hmm. you know if you I'm just saying, if you go to a super spreader event one time, or you go to a super spreader event ten times, chances are you're less likely to get COVID if you only go to one super spreader event. You still have a chance, but it's a smaller chance. Mm-hmm. Just saying. No, uh, uh, no. But the uh, yeah, the channel issue. I'm fine. I look forward to uh, when the playoffs hit and we get to see some playoff games played on the Golf Network. It's always fun. Am I right? We all remember they, that, yes. Oh yeah, of course. If they don't bring back like a, a serious, okay, so if that were to transpire, the NHL would take a huge loss by not tying in some sort of Happy Gilmore nostalgia. <laughs> I'm serious. Price you got to bring that in. Bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, around the Just NHL, tap it in. <laughs> the Columbus Blue Jackets. Finally moved Pierre-Luc Dubois to the Jets for Patrick Laine and Jack. Come on, Jerk. Ross Levick. Thank you. Uh, who wins this one? <laughs> okay. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> I think it's a wash. Okay. Because I thought you were going to Colum- say you didn't care, but go ahead. <laughs> no, of course I care. It's a big-name trade. Um, okay, but Columbus needs an elite goal scorer. They get that. Winnipeg needs an elite center. They get that. Kind of hard to find an issue with it. Now, we'll see what happens. Uh, what had happened for, <laughs> We'll see what happens with Patrick Laine. He is, uh, at the expiry of his current contract, he is a restricted free agent again. I know words. But we'll see if he falls in love with Columbus. Um, because as, as we've seen, you know, it's been, you know, there's a history of star players not really wanting to stick around in Columbus anymore. Um, I think, uh, you know, if you believe in this kind of thing, um, the Columbus GM is Finnish, and so is Patrick Laine. Maybe there's some kind of connection there uh, based on where they're from, potentially. Um, I think Laine, one of Laine's biggest gripes as well when he was in Winnipeg was not playing with, you know, Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley, who is the top line there. So in this situation, he is, he's the guy, you know, he's going to be with probably Max Domi and Cam Atkinson on their top line. And I just, by virtue of how much more ice time he's going to get, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits 40 this year. So, but that said, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a very good top six center and it's something Winnipeg desperately needed. I think it makes them better as well, especially in the Canadian division, which is very good this year. So I, I think, I don't think it's, 
I don't think it's possible to assign a winner or a loser. I think both teams come out ahead, and I think really that's all you want is you want everybody to come out ahead and have fun. Well, I think what we all know that Sleepy Mofo is pointing out, the Leafs won this trade. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the Leafs win everything. Well, you know, just tomorrow, you know, go listen to, you know, Toronto, you know, Hockey Central at noon or Leafs lunch, you know, uh, Sportsnet or TSN, whichever is your preferred flavor. And, you know, just just listen, you know, they'll say, oh, well, you know, number two and number three from 2016 have been traded. But number one, Austin Matthews, Leafs, he's still here. You know, that's going to be the whole thing. <laughs> still here. Lacey wanting to know if Columbus is too wing heavy now. They are. Okay. Um, well, let's not get yeah. into it. Nobody cares. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Joe Thornton will be out. Speaking of nobody cares, Joe Thornton will be out at least a month uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs of the rib fracture. Forward was injured in a 3-1 loss to Edmonton on Wednesday when he was hit along the boards by forward Josh Archibald. Seemed like a fairly innocuous hit. I was actually surprised to hear that he was going to be out that long or that anything was sustained, but whatever. Uh, finally, from around the NHL. Oh, my Lanta. Uh, can somebody do me a favor? Tell me how many minutes Eric Carlson played tonight. Yes, I'd, I can't do that I need you. to know this. I, I need he, to know. He played our friend Eric Carlson, the $11.5 million man, as we <laughs> like to call him. He played 24 minutes and 15 seconds tonight. And if you're if you're doing your math at home, that's almost 40% of the game. Actually, I think that is 40% of the game. All right. It's a little bit less than what he has been playing, though, isn't it? Well, is going from 25 minutes to 24 minutes less, technically? Mm, yes. Technically, yes. <laughs> so shift less. while you're looking around, how many minutes did Joe Pavelski have tonight? I'm sorry, who is that? Joe Pavelski? P-A-V-E-L-S-K-I? I can't say I've ever heard of him. Did I he don't know that guy. Well, did he play for us? Uh, I think at one point <laughs> he did. He was a Worcester Shark, yeah, no, that guy. I think he was. He was all right. I don't know. It was. It was weird though. I thought his name started with a C because there was a C on his jersey. But whatever. Oh, uh, thank you. Anyway, he played twenty minutes and twenty four seconds. All right, so add that up. It's basically forty. So my point being, the Dallas Stars were able to start their season a couple days ago, and some washed up has been named Joe Pavelski. Uh, has a four point night, including two power play tallies, two assists, and the game winner. And uh, let's see, how did he follow that up? Oh, with a three-point game, two assists, yet another game-winning goal. So less after less than or just about 40 minutes of ice time, Pavelski has uh, like how many like seven points, including three goals. Are we are we are you kidding me? While Eric Carlson has three points after 167 minutes. I would just That's like to say, a, good, good, AJ... Good value for the dollar right there. <laughs> AJ, I, I hope you'll back me up here. Um, last year and uh, last year and four years ago, um, both of those seasons when Joe Pavelski went through a slump and everybody turned on him, uh, who, who, which, which, which uh, Sharks podcast uh, stood by him? Uh, was that ours? It felt like it was ours. felt like it was ours. I'm just saying, I remember a lot of people saying Pavelski's washed up and we need to trade him. And then, oh, he bounced back and had a good year. And then last year on Dallas, oh, he's old, he sucks, he doesn't know how to wear a pair of ice skates. And, and, then, and then what happened in the playoffs was only and just like, happened. you know, had some of the most important minutes. Uh, and, or... and, and I don't want to speak out of turn here either. I'm, I'm only 
going off of the information I know, but Pavelski was one of the players who was on the COVID protocol list at the beginning of training camp. Mm. Not saying anything. (laughs) Yeah, what did he take? Can I have some of it? (laughs) Maybe he's got the vaccine. Yeah, and Lacey pointing out, Pavelski in two games already has more points than any Sharks player in six. (laughs) Small, Small sample size. Small, small sample size. Oh, that's Besides. a great fucking take, man. Oh, that's awesome. But you got to think about it like Pavelski's carrying the stars on his back, whereas the the responsibility is distributed a little bit more evenly in San Jose. Like oh. you can you can you can spin that however you want. That's just funny. Look, I'm not. I don't want to get into a whole thing, but it's just <laughs> you know just the fact that uh, there was so much back and forth of you know. If they didn't send Carlson, you can keep Pavelski or you can replace the offense that he had along with Nyquist and Donska. Either way, I'm just saying, we know that everything's different now because of COVID. We got this compacted schedule, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Look, it's just funny to look at those numbers. I mean, Pavelski, seven points in two games. Are you insane? This guy doesn't get player of the week or at least top three. Come on. Uh, Yeah. He's, I, I saw Sleepy Mofo wants to know who he's playing with. Uh, he's on a line. He's centering uh, Tanner Caro and Alexander Radulov, if that means anything to anybody. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's finish things off here. The Sharks did announce that they will be playing those first two home games that were scheduled for SAP Center in Arizona, coming to the surprise of, well, only people that are on the Facebook fan page on for the Sharks. Um Still waiting on announcements for when the Sharks are going to release the schedule for when they plan to wear their reverse retro and heritage jerseys now. They might be holding that back simply because they don't know when the hell they're going to be playing at home. So, you know, do they got to pack those up down for Arizona? We'll see. Uh, I mean, jerk, a heritage jersey. Oh, what if it was purple? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean... I, I see what the point they're they're going for, where it's like you know they wanna they wanna wear the heritage jersey or the reverse retro or retro reverse whatever the hell it's called in San Jose. I get it, but there's no fans, so I don't know that it matters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I live in Las Vegas and I own a heritage and a retro reverse, and I'm still wearing it here. I'm not at home. Well, I mean I am, but I'm not at my you know San Jose. So it's but like you make the point. You know why it matters. Because when people see it on TV, they're going to be like, oh, shit, what are those? I need well, one of those. I want, yeah, a, I I mean, want one of those. You know, I, I, when, think you everybody, I, think everybody, I think everybody should know what those are at this point, unless they're watching a stream of the game on Facebook. But yeah. I digress. Well, the <laughs> I'm just saying that when you actually, you know, when you see the photo of them on a website or something, you go, oh, yeah, those look all right. Those look kind of cool or but. But, you know, eh. and then you see the guys playing and all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, got to have one of those. Gotta have it. Gotta have, especially, can you imagine if some, say, I don't know, Ferraro gets a hat trick in the first game of them wearing reverse retros. All of a sudden people are going, you know, I wasn't thinking about getting one, but boom, now I gotta have a Mario Ferraro reverse retro. You know what I mean? And you know what? Anybody who does do that, they owe Mark E a nice, fresh, warm chocolate chip cookie. Because he was the one, he was the first, he has a reverse retro with Ferraro on it. Oh, just saying we got to give our credit. That's what we do on this podcast. We give people credit when they deserve it. Yeah. Should, if only that was the overwhelming thing that occurred. Anyway, (laughs) uh, look, uh, we're going to end it up here. Little thing that we do, of course, our comment of the week. 
whether it's oh, on a tweet or an Instagram or the dreaded Sharks fan Facebook page. Here we go. Yep. Comment of the week is, does anyone know if the Sharks have explored playing at Oracle Arena since Santa Clara County is shut down? Now, to and I need a shirt that says this. I'm not trying to be a dick, but uh, here is yet another question from the Facebook page that we answered, I don't know, weeks ago, months ago? Uh, I'd bet. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Alameda Alameda County said no on December eleventh, twenty twenty. I'd bet that over half the questions asked there had been answered on this podcast weeks earlier. But what can you do? I don't know. Um, just saying, if more people paid attention, maybe they would be asking less questions, or they would be. Uh, I don't know. I feel. Uh, I don't know. Or I guess we need to cater to the uninformed fan. Is that what we're saying? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Feels like it. All right. Uh, if uh, Speaking of which, if you guys were unaware, we recently spoke to Jonathan Becker about the Downtown West development and how that's going to impact SAP Center and Sharks games. We did our little preview show with uh, Brody Brazil. Uh, going to be interested to go back and listen to that and see how correct we were after six games. Spoke with Ted Ramey about the Sharks audio network and what's going on there. Oh, Randy Hahn also spoke with Puck Guy, also covered some of that similar stuff and talked about how the broadcasts would be handled for this season. As you can see, they're calling it from the studio. It'll be interesting to see where they call it from once they're playing games finally at home. You would imagine they'll be in the press box. And then finally, Drew Remenda was on with me a week or so ago. Oh my God, the stories just Go get those stories. They were fantastic. So the last thing I can tell you is uh, we have an exclusive that's going to drop next week. So watch this space. Just saying. So Rocket, where can the people find you on the social media and your final thoughts after six games and what you look forward to? Final thoughts after six games. Yeah, I'm going to try to watch this team as if I were watching a 72-game season. So anyway, it's I, I feel like trying to jam this team's progress into a 50-some-odd game arc is not going to work out no matter what happens. We're all going to be disappointed in the outcome. So I really have to just look at it like their bodies don't understand that it's a compacted season. You know, their bodies still feel like it's, they've got 70 plus games to figure it out. So this year is just full of asterisks and no matter what happens, it's always going to be like, yeah, well, if the divisions were aligned the way they were supposed to be, this, that, and the other would have happened and this, that, and the other would have happened. So I, whatever this season's going to happen. I just don't want anybody to get too massively injured period on an, any team period. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, just like no 10-0 embarrassments. That's that's all I ask for from this team. That's all I want. <laughs> you can find me um, begging for this and, and smaller favors from the universe over on Twitter. Uh, yeah, just hanging out there. It's rbackhander76. It's capital R, capital B, little ackhander76. Or you can hang out with me over on Instagram. I take photos of all sorts of fun stuff. It snowed today. I didn't take photos of it, but it did snow, and then it all melted. So it might snow tomorrow. Check out my Instagram. You might see some snow photos. Rocket back under one word. That's it. AJ? All righty, Jerkman. Your turn. Okay. My turn. <laughs> so 
six games in, I think the Sharks have had highs. I think they've also had lows. Um, I think if you're basing this off of what everybody thought the Sharks would be this season, I think they're doing better than expected. Everybody was saying it was going to be low, low, low all the way. Um, you know, no apple bottom jeans though, of course. But, uh, so (laughs) (laughs) a solid reference, but I, I, I think the sharks still have another level to get to. I think the, their big guys, I think are on the cusp of starting to click. We've kind of seen this with, with hurdle. He's, he's quieted down the last, I'd say game or so, maybe two games, but no reason he can't come back around. And I think couture, I think he's just, he's waiting to break out again. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that this is going to be some, some Stanley cup team or even a playoff team, but I don't think they're going to be super crap like they were last year. Um, so that's kind of my take on it. Not, not uh, saying that they're, that they're going to make the playoffs, just saying they're not going to be as bad as last year. hundred <laughs> percent, which yeah. I I've said that, um, for what feels like months now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you agree with that take, you should follow me on Twitter, uh, at hockey underscore jerk. I am not like rocket. I'm not on Instagram. Or maybe I am, but you're just not allowed to know that I am. Maybe, or maybe not. Government name. Who knows? Nobody knows for sure. Um, Okay, Rocket talked about the weather. So here in Las Vegas, everybody says, oh, how do you live in Las Vegas? It's so hot. Here's the thing. Really? Winter weather advisory. (laughs) I'm not from here, buddy. Winter weather weather advisory in Las Vegas. It's not going to be over 50 degrees here until Thursday. So... What oh better God. what better thing to do than stay inside and watch some hockey? Maybe watch some Teal Town After Dark. Or join the Teal Town Discord. Am I right, AJ? <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be correct. Uh, speaking of which, Discord will be happening right after we're closing up the show, which is about to happen here in about the next 90 seconds. Uh, but quickly on the chat, our final comment... Tom C. Stockton wouldn't be a bad option either. Uh, fact of the matter is the Stockton Heat are already being relocated to Canada. So Stockton, not an option. Not to yeah, mention the fact that Stockton doesn't have the accommodations required for a professional NHL team. So that's why not an option. Um, San Joaquin County's ICU bed capacity, their bed number is a lot lower than Santa Clara County's too. So they're not even remotely equipped for that there you go uh for me final thoughts uh, just look we wanted a better start than the last couple seasons look you got your first regulation win tonight hopefully that's a sign of things to come we've seen the top six go MIA for a couple of games and then you saw guys like Sorensen and Marlowe or Gambrell and um, Gregor start to I don't know wake up a little bit Hopefully they can put a solid, you know, overall nice, well-rounded effort together. That's what I'm looking for. Looking for Jones to get his act together. And, hey, you got a couple games in Colorado to figure this out. Enjoy the altitude. Enjoy the weather there. Uh, I don't know. But we'll see you next Sunday after those two games in Colorado. So, Show might be a little shorter just because we don't have four games, but two games. But then again, we might have an exclusive thing to talk about next Sunday, which I'm kind of excited if it all works out. So uh, with that, I'm AJ underscore strong on all the social media platforms. As always, please follow Teal Town USA on 
all those social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, and of course, throw us a subscribe. Hit the notification bell on YouTube here, please. We would certainly appreciate it. And remember, if you ever miss a show, you want to hear it again, you can find us on your favorite podcast app. And everything usually is always at tealtownusa.com. So, oh, no, we're not going around the NHL again. Not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> we've already been there. We were there and we left for a reason. We all went and said hi to Joe Pavelski and then tucked our tails home. <laughs> so uh, with that, I guess I can just leave you, uh, leave you with a quick message from um, our latest sponsor. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Pucknology. Pucknologists. All of it sponsored by a rousing game of solitaire played on a 200 by 80 foot sheet of ice. Enjoy it today, solitaire. Solid, right? Feels good. All right. Thanks, everyone. We're getting out of here. If you want the Discord link to continue the chat, follow us on Twitter. The tweet coming momentarily. Good night, everyone. See you next Sunday for 118.